the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Canbella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, the uh, excuse me, the certificates are worth over $100, so it's a nice little prize. Today's trivia theme is animals. We'll see. We'll see how much everybody knows about uh, trivia questions regarding animals. Now, today I do have a special guest, Mike Titch of Home Room. Now, Mike, Michael, or do you go by Mike or Michael? Um, Mike's good either way. That's good. Okay, so Mike is the co-founder of Home Room, a home sharing app that connects users to roommates, social opportunities, and hosts of tech-enabled property management tools. Mike previously led marketing and data science teams to Airbnb, where he managed between 50 to 100 million in annual digital marketing spend. After the pandemic led to Airbnb shutting down its marketing team in early 2020, Mike quickly found himself at Home Room. As CMO, he has developed the early stage company, uh, securing $500,000 in funding while growing from 20 to hundreds of rental properties. Hey, Mike, welcome to the best of investing. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, good, good, great little uh, reading the background. It's I guess I haven't updated that in I guess about a year or so. But oh yeah, <laughs> but I know how that is. You write you write something and you go, oh, I got to update that again. So t- yeah. tell us again, uh, kind of go through a little maturation here. So what what exactly is Homeroom? Yeah, so um, I think what fundamentally we do is we offer a service to real estate investors that helps them find rent by the room properties, and then we basically act as their property manager. So um, we'll do everything as like an investment firms, the right book performers, find them good deals, um, do all the underwriting. Um, and then once someone agrees to purchase the property, we also act as the construction company, um, and then eventually the property manager. So uh, we're kind of like a choose your own adventure story in this COVID living ecosystem. Um it really makes it super easy if, okay, people just give us $75,000 to invest and we kind of just take it from there. Um, yeah. So they, they let me give that example. Okay. So they give you $75,000 and you'll find the home for them to buy and yeah. uh, you'll help them renovate it. And then they'll either, will they sell it or they generally will rent it out uh, like Airbnb or a monthly rental? 
uh, they generally rent it out with us as like monthly long-term rentals by the room. So that's kind of how we're we're a little bit differently there. So instead of taking a house where before construction, it was renting for $2,000 a month, we'll split it up and then target it between anywhere from three to 4,000. So, um, obviously you pay a little bit more front, you have to do more construction, but the gross rent can be quite a bit higher on the back end. So. Okay. And now it's, it sounds like if I'm not mistaken, uh, rather than uh, renting a house to a family, you're, you're going to rent rooms within the house to different people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So we have an average average about six per house, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Now how does that work with uh, the people not knowing each other? Yeah. I mean, I, one thing we found is most people, you actually get along pretty well. Right. So, I mean, obviously there's some things that happen where like some people just really don't get along. Some people are just like incredibly crazy. Right. We've had maybe 3000 tenants. So it's like, we've seen a lot. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of, it's just most of the time it works out pretty well. Right. And people have good experiences. Um, I've also, I, I live in San Francisco, right? So I personally lived in these type of living environments since I moved out here yeah. in like 2013, right? So uh, before my wife and I bought a house, we were like, yes, we had groups of five or six friends that we didn't know each other that well. Yeah. Lots of interesting stories there. We rented from like, people on Craigslist where we split a two-bedroom apartment with them. Yeah. They were crazy. So, I mean, like I've had a lot, lot, lots of good experiences. Um, and sure. yeah, it, it, it's always varied. Well, so. well my, the very first condo I bought in 1984 I, uh, back then they didn't have Craigslist. They put an ad in the paper uh, looking for two roommates and it worked out great. I got two roommates. I owned the the condo. They helped me pay the mortgage and uh, it it was, it worked out really, really well. Uh, I was actually pretty fortunate with, with roommates on that. Um, Now, the thing is you're, you're not having like one person be the tenant and sub leasing it. You are leasing it. And so you have a bunch of different tenants so no right. one, so was, one we, we technically act as like the way we structure the lease agreements is we're technically the master tenant, but we yeah. kind of pay out based on the amount of rent we collect. So in functionality, right. we're a property manager, but yeah, so we're kind of technically the master tenant. So yeah, in one respect, and uh, we're going to go to a break here in just a minute. In one respect, the thing that's kind of cool about that is that uh, a lot of tenants don't really want to be responsible for all the other tenants. They just want to be responsible for their portion. So that part can work out really well. All right. Tell you what, we're going to go to our first commercial break here. Our first trivia question about animals. And again, Mike, if you know the answer, don't say anything until we get back. We want the audience to have a shot at it. All right. First trivia question. What is a rhinoceros's horn made out of? What is that? What is a rhinoceros horn? What is that made out of? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins the tanning certificate from Tan Bella, which is worth over $100. Want to make a quick mention here for Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Pizza the way it ought to be. Fantastic pizza. I don't know if you ever had them, but Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Go to the one in San Rafael. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, Mike's special guest, Mike Titch of Homeroom. Our first trivia question was, what is a rhinoceros's horn made out of? 
Now you now you can answer, Mike, if you know. What do you think it's made out of? Um, I mean, I, I would have guessed ivory or something like that, right? But I, 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 did, I did search it, and that's not it, though. Yep. <laughs> it's it, hair. It's basically the same thing your fingernails are made out of. So, apparently. Yeah, really? Is, is your, your nails are made out of hair? I thought they uh, were. Apparently, uh, it's the same material, just different structures, right? Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. Uh, well, before we get started again, I want to make a mention here also for the Elk Cove Inn, which is located in Mendocino, right on the water there. They beautiful views. Uh, beautiful Mendocino Coast. Check them out at the elkcoveinn.com. All right, so we are in the Zoom studio, as they say, uh, with Mike Titch of Homeroom. Um, so, again, I can kind of see the, the pluses on something like this where you have people who don't really know each other, but nobody's responsible for each other. They're just responsible for themselves. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like an apartment, except that they're all in one one, one place, so to speak. Um, and I knew guys, we used to call it the zoo. They actually had 10 guys uh, from a church group, you know, share, sharing space. And that, yeah. that worked out great. Um, so you know, we, we don't go too high. We, we cap it around eight and we try to have one person per room just because like it can, in San Francisco, especially it can get oh, yeah. really crazy. So, and then, but, but usually so they usually would have one kitchen, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's usually one kitchen, um, but there's multiple bathrooms most of the time. So it's not yeah, too too bad. Yeah, yeah, have that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. um, do sometimes people say, "Hey, uh, I'd like to do this, but I also have a, a friend or a brother who wants to rent one of the other rooms." Um, sometimes, most of our investors are remote yeah. investors, right? So they don't necessarily have the property. Um, so they'll live in San Francisco or New York, and they just most of the time we're not buying in those high areas where they they know people. They're buying in Texas or the mid. No, no, no. What I mean is, when someone answers a, a Craigslist ad, let's say, do they already oh, have another yeah. roommate with them potentially? Every once in a while, yeah, we'll Every get people joining as groups. Um, okay. Most of the time, I think they're individual people that maybe are coming new to an area and just kind of looking around. Yeah, um, yeah. We do a lot on the tenant marketing side. It's like thirty some channels, so it's a uh, it's okay. kind of crazy. Of yeah, how many? It's like think the marketplace is the biggest but it's like craigslist i think is like second or third now it's not even the yeah i was just gonna use that as an example how how um how do you vet these people would it just the same same way you would do a typical apartment uh vetting uh for the most part yeah it's um credit score i think the main thing we do differently is we do also do interviews with the existing housemates to make sure they're not like too out there um but yeah the main thing is just yeah credit score do they have a solid job are they going to be decently reliable uh-huh. And how often do you run into you know issues where you get a complaint from a an existing from from one of the tenants saying, "Hey, this guy you put in here, he ain't working out." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens. Like it's, um, yeah. I don't know. I'd say it's probably like one or two percent of the time, right? Really? But it's like, um, okay. but again, we've had we have two hundred rooms, right? So at any given time, it's like two yeah. or three, right? So it can For be sure. quite a bit. And then do you try to match them up like, you know, let's say same religious affiliation or, or something like that? Um, not not too much in religion, right? So I mean, I just, some houses where they prefer more female tenants. So there's like yeah. some accommodations there, right? Um, but I mean, for the most part, we found people get along pretty well, right? Especially because huh. we are saving a decent amount of money on rent there. So Well, that's the thing is I could see from their standpoint, they're most likely saving rent. But yeah. from your investor standpoint, I got to think that they're going to make more money. Um, yeah. having uh, more, basically more individual tenants. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's like yeah. our customer is fundamentally the investor, right? Because like we're trying to make sure they get the highest rent out of it as possible. Right. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, just I think a lot of it's like, okay, if we only, if a market's really hot, we can be a little more selective. If the market's not as hot, then it's, okay, what can we do to just fill up a lot of these rooms? Right? Sure. And what markets are you generally in? Uh, yeah, so we're in eight markets right now, um, four in Texas, plus um, Tampa, Charlotte, Kansas City, and uh, Indy. Um, yeah, okay, we've had a few tested out where it hasn't oh. worked as well, but most most of the Midwest, I would say. Most of the Midwest. Okay. So now does 75000 actually get the house or are you participating with other investors? Um, yeah. So the 75K is basically just a like down payment plus the construction work, oh. right? So okay. generally the construction work is usually not financed. Um, so it'll be about 50K down plus 25K-ish in repairs. That's kind of the starting point um, okay. in like a place like Indy. Um, in Austin, it can be get a bit more, right? So there the houses are like 400 or so. So then you're looking at about an 80,000 down payment plus construction is a little more there. So it's usually like low 100s. Yeah, it depends um, on the construction. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes, I mean, most of these yep. are not going to be plug and play. You're going to have to do probably some. That's why you're getting a decent deal on the properties, right? Yeah, every house is different, right? So a lot of these are three bedroom, two bedrooms, right? So you need to yeah. do like a non-negligible amount of work there. Um, and we, with we've the- had houses that have been awful that we bought for like in a really hot area of Tampa for $200,000 and the investor put 150 grand in in a work and then we finance on the back end because it was all value add right so yeah, um, the more do, work the more you can pull out of it and yeah. they're getting conventional financing right which is like seven yeah. or eight percent right now well we'll talk about rates of return because i'm kind of curious as, as to it, uh, it, 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 I mean, it obviously made it ridiculous like it was a huge no-brainer when interest rates were four percent right yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but that also should hopefully affect the rental rate too all right we're going to go to our second commercial break here a trivia question we're talking about um uh, animals here. Okay. Besides elephants and rhinoceroses, back to the rhinoceroses again, what other animals are considered pachyderms? So besides elephants and rhinoceroses, what other animals are considered pachyderms? We're looking for one specific t- uh, animal. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Uh, also want to make a mention here for Alcatraz Tours. Check them out. Uh, best way to see the island of Alcatraz right off of San Francisco. And they're having a special deal. So check them out. Uh, mention Best of Investing. And I believe you get a discount. That's AlcatrazTours.com. Uh, All right. Stay with us. The Best of Investing. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Mike Titch. Uh, second trivia question, besides elephants and rhinoceroses, what other animals are considered pachyderms? I did actually know this one. This is a hippo, I believe. That's right. Very good. You're getting at least one out of three. That's excellent. Uh, and we may get, next question actually will be a little bit easier, too, I think. All right. Also, I want to make a mention here for the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge. They have a couple of hundred feet of beachfront in Lake Tahoe. Beautiful property. I've had a number of people come back and tell me they love that property. Check them out at the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge. Uh, also make a mention here for Palio Restaurant, voted best San Francisco restaurant by San Franciscans. You can't get better than that. Palio, P-A-L-I-O Restaurant in downtown San Francisco. All right. So, Mike, we're talking about... Um, 
uh, homeroom, which by the way, if people want to get a hold of you before I forget, I want to make sure they can get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, checking you out. How do they get a hold of you? Um, yeah, I mean, if, for me personally, I guess you can just find me on LinkedIn and just Google my name. I'll show up. Um, if you want to reach out to the company, just yeah, lifthomeroom.com slash invest. And then you can set up a call with either myself, Johnny, our CEO, or uh, one of our investment analysts can help you out. So Okay. So let, let's go through an example because I'd like to kind of understand this better. So um, mm-hmm. give you, you, you know, you put down 75,000 uh, on a particular property. Uh, it's a three bedroom, two bath house uh, needs $25,000 in repairs to get it ready for renting out. Uh, so there's a hundred thousand. And then what would be the typical loan that one would have to get uh, on that typical property, let's say? Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe typical home would be the remaining, I guess, 150, right. Whatever the okay. difference is. Um, so obviously with the, uh, the 8% interest rates, which is even a little higher if you're investing out of state, right. It, yeah. it can get, um, it's quite high. Um, yeah, I cash on cash, right? Like, like I cap rate is usually decently close to that, right? Anywhere between the four to seven percent range, based on property location. Okay. Um, in terms of that way that translates now with cash on cash, it can vary quite a bit, right? So, um, on the low end, a place like Austin will probably be like a, like slightly negative to break even in the short term, with eventually making money over the long run. Um, Indy was still seeing anywhere from like the two to six percent cash on cash deals. Um, which is obviously not amazing, right? But I mean, it's yeah. still like we what, what we usually always try to do is compare against what would a single family home be renting for if yeah. you were to buy it now, and um, we're still quite a bit higher, like twenty or thirty percent higher than the equivalent single family home, right? So for, for the um, rent, if you add all the roommates together compared to a single family renting, yeah, just, just yeah. the pure rent, we're about yeah. like fifty to sixty percent right. higher, right? But there's obviously yeah. like property management's a little bit more. Um, and plus you have to do that construction, right? So it nets out to be about 20-ish percent higher um, in terms of just raw, like, pure cash on cash. Um, but, I mean, a lot of these deals we're seeing right now in single-family homes, like, you're probably not going to break even, right? Like, at best. Um, and sometimes so it might where, take five years, right? So, so like, where is the, where, I mean, to, just to be honest, so where's the big appeal? Like, you know, if you're trying to pitch to a potential investor, uh, what, you know, where where's the uh, where's the juice for them to go, yeah, I, ah, I, this is the reason why I'm doing it? Yeah, I mean, the goal is mostly people want to not lose money, right? So if you want to get into real estate, you don't want to be like turning over a few hundred bucks every month, right? You want to get at least some solid cash flow out of it. Um, also, all of our deals, like if interest rates come down and you can refinance, the cash on cash rate shoots up like kind of like crazy, right? Yeah. So some of these deals are like 10, 12%, right? When interest rates are lower, right? So it, made, made, sure. it makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of this is like you're trying to get into some of that appreciation aspect, right? Um Homes appreciate over time and you can get a lot of leverage out of that, right? So if you're leveraged five to one, you can take that small 4% return that quickly becomes like another 10 or 15% on top of it. So you take a 10 to 12% appreciation plus a 2 to 4% cash return, plus you're paying down that principal every month. Like the total ROI is between 15 to 20. Um, so it's quite strong there in terms of like the total return on your money. Um but obviously, the short-term cash flow is not as high as maybe what you can get somewhere else, right? But it's just a different yeah. Term. I guess what I'm doing is I'm trying to, you know, everything's based on alternatives. So I'm thinking, you know, yeah. does that make sense compared to buying, uh, just buying a rental, right? Yeah. Uh, now, the thing is, you know, your, your advantage is the fact that the individuals paying rent should be higher than the single one. But that almost makes it sound like you can't find any 
single family house to rent to a single family person, that would ever make sense. Right. You know, based on what we're hearing, but that's not the case. So I'm wondering, maybe it's yeah, we're mostly in higher quality markets, right? I think it's like yeah. um, we're in markets where the homes are two to three hundred thousand dollars. Like, I think you can definitely go to Columbus or places maybe in the middle of nowhere where homes are even cheaper. Right. And it might make yeah. sense. Right? But yeah, most of our markets are like they're not San Francisco, but there's like the Dallas, they're Austin, they're yeah, San Antonio, sure. they're Tampa. Um, so you're getting some of that appreciation. Well, you want to make sure you can there. rent it out. Right, exactly. And if you have if you have this great cheap place, but nobody rents it, that's that's a problem. Um, right. Now uh, we're going to be believe it or not, we're going to go to a break fairly soon here. But um, how, uh, what is your background with Airbnb? Because I'm wondering, do you ever do like do people say, "Hey, I, I want to use you and your your management company and your uh, um, um, construction company to do an Airbnb instead of the individual monthly rentals?" Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple people that do it. I think it's it's quite rare, I would say, right? So um, a lot of the Airbnb started people, like a lot of them like to doing their own construction, right? So there's always like, yeah, it's kind of, we, we aren't huge into that side of the, the world. Um, in terms of what I was doing at Airbnb, I was mostly on like the data science and project management side. So um, mostly around like, how do we find new hosts to the platform, right? So yeah. yeah, when I was there, we had ridiculous budgets. We were onboarding hundreds of thousands of hosts a year. So it was, sure. it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, oh, we have like almost like yeah, low 200s total, right? So it's, yeah. 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 And, and uh, how, just really quickly, the last question before we go to our break, how big is your construction team? Um, yeah. So, I mean, total people, maybe like 10 or 15, right? In terms uh, of like people on and, the ground. Plus the do management. you send them out to different places or do you have like different boots on the ground? We have different boots on the ground That's what I figured, yeah. that we work with in each market, which is like, yeah. And then we have like the centralized managers that basically manage that whole process. So it's like we have a uh, partially U.S.-based, partially international. So, All right. Here's our third trivia question. What are the only birds that can fly backward? That's an easy one. All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Michael Titch. Uh, and a last trivia question, uh, what are the only birds that can fly backward? Um, I, I didn't get this one, but it appears to be the hummingbird. And, Hummingbirds. And upside down as well. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what? I hardly ever see them fly upside down, but I, I do see them fly backwards once in a while. All right. Uh, so, Michael, from Homeroom, uh, how did you get into the co-living space? Um, yeah, I mean, so part of it was just um, I've personally been in for a fair bit, right? So um, when I bought up my first rental property in the Bay Area, I guess like six years ago, I was like, um, this wasn't really making sense as a single family home. Um, but it had this like little in-law unit in the back. And I was like, oh, I can put up like a wall down the middle of the in-law unit. And then the main house was actually already a 3B3B. Didn't make sense to do any construction there. Um, so I was able to find this deal in the Bay Area, like grossing like six to 7%. Um, which even after all the expenses, it basically breaks even on paper, but like in the Bay area that like, like now it's impossible right now. You're negative. Yeah. 10%, well, right? some so people, like, you know, I don't know if you're doing this, but some people pay like $500 a month to stay on someone's couch. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, each, each bedroom in my house there is like at thirteen hundred a month, right? So it's like oh. um, to fourteen hundred. Like, and homeroom is average is like five hundred, right? So it's yeah, no, yeah, on the area, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Bay Area is insane. Like the studios in the backyard, which is like half of a granny unit, are like at almost at two thousand each right now, which is just like uh, it's kind of yeah. crazy. So. Yes, I know. And you kind of wonder what's like what's going on with San Francisco. It's just it's kind of an odd market because you know a lot of people moved out, but then you know people are going to start having to come show up at work again, and you know hopefully yeah. the market. Are you seeing the market in San Francisco? State? Yeah, I mean uh, I'm down in San Jose to be honest, so I don't know. Oh. Um, it's a little bit like you get a lot of people working with tech companies, right? So I always yeah. have like um, I've never like actually like I've had zero percent occupant like vacancy in six years, so like oh. I'm um. I'm fairly good at self-managing because like, okay, someone wants to leave. And then I like yeah. put the listing up and then like, literally I'll get it full like a week and a half later. Um, and and, and do they give you uh, like a, a first last in security or a first in security? How do they? Um, yeah. 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 So it's um, for my personal rentals. Yeah. It's for like security deposit plus first month's rent to move in. Okay. So, uh, home is actually the same. There's some other fees with home room as well. But, yeah, okay. Are, are they all month to month? Um, no. Um, my, I, I always do a year lease and then I converse yeah. to month to month after. Um, okay. Homeroom does some seasonal three to six month leases during the winter to push people to the summer, but yeah. um, it's mostly 12 months. Uh, okay. Uh, now you had a question for me to ask you here about uh, how can you automate financials and pricing for properties? I don't know when I put that in. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, well, this will be interesting. What does this mean? Um, yeah. Okay, well, we'll forget about that one. Uh, yeah. And then, how should you? I mean, I, I do do a lot of automating financial stuff. Of like, we I, I built this whole scraping model on top of like Redfin and the MLS. It like scrapes down the different listings and automatically writes performers ah, and stuff that's what and like writes up that stuff. So uh, okay. I'm assuming that's what I'm referring to. I mean, I've switched to mostly to marketing, but, but okay. Uh, All right. yeah. And then, um, how should you list your properties to gain more exposure? Um, yeah. So, I mean, one thing I know, well, for me personally, I just do Facebook marketplace, right? Because like, it's by far the biggest, it's okay. biggest as well. It's like, it's like 30% of ours. Um, if you're in smaller markets, you've got to go a little bit broader than that. So we list like pretty much everywhere, Zillow, Redfin, um, apartments.com, Craigslist. Um, there's a long list. Room's just pretty big too. Um, so yeah. Next, next door? Like, yeah. Like, next door, not really. We don't, not too much on it. It's more of an older audit demographic for us. Right. So we're yeah. mostly on like the younger side. Um, but yeah, like personally, I just do Facebook marketplace. Cause like the Bay Area is just crazy. Uh, it's free. Most, all of our channels, we don't usually do paid channels there. And we okay. run ads for the listings, but like, yeah. so we'll do Google ads and Facebook ads from one yeah. half of like, gotcha. investors, but, no, that's, that's um, smart. Okay. I personally don't, but yeah, that's <laughs> Okay. And then what, uh, last question for you. Uh, what are the external factors to consider when picking properties? Um, yeah. I mean, I think like this, there's obviously a lot, right? So there's like crime in a given area can vary by street, especially yeah. in a place like Kansas city. Um, school districts matter a little bit more for long-term appreciation it actually doesn't affect our rents all that much. Um, there's a bunch of things we noticed that like don't affect it. Right. So like, like everything from like, um, I, well, I tested so much stuff of like how far away is the closest Walmart to like how many Dollar Generals are nearby. And like all of it was like sure. not really all that imp- impactful. Um, yeah. The most important thing was just like, yeah, income of the area um, and then like, yeah, size of the house. And then just like the comps of what are apartments renting for in that area. Um, and the models like 
it's about half the price of an apartment, right? It's kind of what we target. Yeah. Um, plus or minus other factors based on how hot the area is. So, and, and is public transportation a big deal or is that not? Um, I mean, most of our areas, we buy houses with enough parking. So that's like the biggest one yeah. for us yeah. as well. So we got to make sure there's at least like six to seven street parking spots. Make, make sure it has a gym, a pool and a sauna, right? In Kansas, well, especially I mean, in Kansas City. No, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen any houses with saunas, but... <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, we usually try to go with the ones that don't have really luxury amenities because, like, yeah. it's more, yeah, they more uh, stuff to break. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and there was come on the pool separately, but I don't think we have a single house with a pool. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, do they all come unfurnished? Um, so, yeah, common areas are furnished from the investor side, but the uh, bedrooms are usually unfurnished. We do offer the ability to furnish it at the end, like, tenant wants to throw us an extra hundred bucks a month, mm. but then we'll just like buy furniture and get rid of it when they're done. So um, I would say 98% is unfurnished. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the longest you've had someone stay? Um, well, personally, I've had somebody that I think stayed for like five years at my own oh. place, right? Um, I mean, home was actually only about like four or five years old. And I think we've had yeah. people for around that amount of time in That's various good. properties. What's the shortest? Um, um, oh, I mean, we had people that never move in. So um, I would say like 5% of people sign a lease and then like give us a deposit and then just like never move in for whatever reason. Um, but what, what, happens, what, what happens to the deposit? I mean, usually because we've held the room, we'll like give it to the owner, right? And it's like, well, sorry, right? It's yeah. like, you shouldn't have signed a lease and then bailed, right? Like, exactly. All right, stay um, with us. Hold on, stay with us. The best yeah. of investing. We'll be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Mike Titch of Homeroom. Uh, so, Mike, I wanted to tell you, the audience, too, a little bit about what's going on at Pacific Private Money, because uh, we have a few different funds. Um, our most aggressive one is the Opportunity Fund, which is a construction loan fund. Uh, that one is paying anywhere from 8 to 10%. Um, excuse me, plus you get a little bit of the uh, profit potential in there. Uh, so that one, and that one's fairly new. So it doesn't have much of a track record, but uh, the ones that do have a good track record uh, because they've been around a long time, the uh, Freedom Fund, uh, which is just paying, which is paying either seven, eight or 9%, depending upon uh, how much money you put in, minimum investments, 250,000. Uh, all of our funds do have to be an accredited investor, which you probably know is, uh, net worth exclusive of your home of a million dollars or more, or you make 200000 a year single, 300000 if you're married. Um, then we have a fund that I actually manage called the Southwest Fund. And that one, we just pay a flat 8.5%. Um, and that fund, we're buying discounted mortgages around the country. And the benefit there is the fact that the average loan to value is only about 51%, but because we're buying these loans at discounts, our average loan to value is below 37%. So it's extremely conservative. And just as you and I were talking about, most important thing, preservation of principle. Don't lose money, right? And our funds pay uh, monthly, except for the opportunity fund pays quarterly. But, um, you know, at 8.5% eight, eight paid on a monthly basis, now, it doesn't really have much growth unless uh, one decides to reinvest their distribution. Then you get a compounded yield of uh, eight and three quarters, eight and seven eighths, you know, which in today's market is not bad. 
Um, and uh, the, the funds are not tied up. The opportunity fund is tied up for a year, but the other two funds are not tied up. So, uh, you know, we want people to give us at least 30 days. And then we sometimes have to kind of spread it out, uh, depending upon who's put a redemption in. But uh, so far, uh, like specifically in the Southwest Fund, hasn't been a problem. Um, Freedom Fund, yeah, a little bit more challenging. But again, people get uh, their money sort of spread out. Uh, But it's not tied up for a long time. They kind of like that. Um, So that's what we're doing there. And so one thing that was kind of interesting, we had a guy on uh, a guest before, and he said one of the things he likes about loans, he says, you own nothing, but you control everything. And I thought, you know what, that's kind of true, because the lender kind of does control things, right? And if the, the borrower doesn't pay, then the lender can end up owning the house for, well, you know, a lot less, right, depending on that loan of value. Um, now, now homeroom was only, so anyway, for more information, go to Pacific privatemoney.com. Um, so Mike, we only have another minute or so here. Uh, it is cool. We have, we have some fun investing in our in home rooms as well. So it's uh, always interesting to hear more about those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, we've, uh, let's put it this way. We've done, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of loans. Uh, yeah. And we've had invested hundreds of millions of dollars and to date, nobody's ever lost money. So that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's not a bad track record. Let's put it that way. And uh, now your homeroom's only been around for four or five years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, it's a relatively new company, right? So we went through YC, we went through a startup. Uh, we have some like fairly large investors, right? Raised a pretty large, uh, I guess recently like a seed round, right? So we raised about three or 4 million, still had most of that as a company, right? So wow. um, yeah. All right. Very good. Um, again, why don't you give out your information before we cut out for our thoughts for the day? Yeah, for sure. Just if we go to livehomeroom.com slash invest and um, always down to uh, hear more from people and figure more stuff out. So, All right. Thank you again, Mike, from uh, Homeroom. Uh, so here's our thoughts for the day. So when I was a kid, my dad got fired from his job as a road worker for theft. I refused to believe it, that he could do such a thing. But when I got home... Well, the signs were all there. <laughs> I got you. Okay. And, uh, and when I told the doctor about my loss of memory, he made me pay in advance. You know, kind of a smart doctor there. I'll tell you. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.